Welcome to the first ever episode of the Worship is Life podcast, where worship equals relationship and relationship is the purpose of life. I'm your producer, Taylor Marshall, and I'm here to introduce you to the host of Worship is Life and my dad, Todd Marshall. Can you believe it? We finally are here. I know. We've been dreaming. Wow. We've been talking. We've been planning. We've been prepping. And uh, here we are. I interview know. number one. I know. It's been months and it's been a dream and always wondered what it'll look like. And I'm really, really excited about this podcast. Today, I'll be interviewing you and we'll be talking about our lives a little bit and the Worship is Life podcast and your ministry. And uh, moving forward, actually later this week, we've got multiple interviews scheduled for other people, and we'll be talking more later in this podcast about what that's going to look like. It's really mm-hmm. exciting. So so tell us a little bit, Todd, about you and our family. Yeah, well, I've uh, been married to my wonderful wife, Brenda, for 34 years. We've been in uh, partnership and ministry together the entire time. And uh, she's just a tremendous blessing in my life and our family's life and all the people that we've touched through the years in ministry together. Um, I have a daughter named Kelsey. She's coming up on 30 years old. Crazy. And her husband's name is Ben, and they are expecting their first Woo! baby, which is our first grandchild, a little boy on the way. She's mm-hmm. around five months right now. And... Um, we know the name, but unfortunately, I can't say the name yep. yet. And that's um, a cool story. That's it, a very cool story. Yes. Yeah. The whole story is, is an amazing story. Um, so we're all excited. Um, I will say this. The baby's name means God's gracious gift. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly is. So we're excited about that. Um, they've, uh, they've been in ministry together. Um, they still serve in ministry together. They're currently working Um, jobs out in the marketplace. Um, Ben is in the real estate financing world and Kelsey is a wedding coordinator and is also doing some real estate stuff on the side and also teaches some piano lessons on the side. And uh, yeah, they're just amazing, amazing kids. They only live 30 minutes away from us, which is a huge blessing. So we get to see each other quite a bit. Um, And um, yeah, and then there's you, my son. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be talking, I'll let you tell you a little bit more about yourself later on as we uh, reverse roles. And um, yeah, that's uh, our immediate family. I I wanted to say I actually met Brenda um, at what the time was North Central Bible College, which is now North Central University Mm -hmm. Assemblies of God School in Minneapolis. and um, and actually, all of my family has attended there, yeah. and uh, uh, and we currently live in the Twin Cities, so we're in a suburb of St. Paul called Woodbury, and uh, we've been here six and a half years on this stint in Minnesota. We'll talk mm-hmm. more about that later. Yeah, it's amazing. Tell us, uh, tell us just kind of an overview of your ministry life and what's that looked like for you. Yeah, so um, you know, I grew up. Uh, in South Dakota, mostly in South Dakota, and coming out of high school, um, I just had this sense that um, God gave everything for me, and I should do the least, at least that much for Him. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to come to North Central. Really, didn't have any strong direction in mind, other than just wanted to make myself available uh, to Him and His kingdom. Um, 
in that process, uh, just ended up pursuing music, even though I pursued music very little <laughs> up until that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, started playing guitar the summer before my senior year in high school. Didn't play keys till college at all. Didn't really have any singing training till college. Um, but just, I ended up taking some music classes and then ended up being impacted by professors there um, and started in my sophomore year, I declared a music major. And at that time there was only one called sacred music. So I have a, a degree in sacred music from North Central University. And then uh, met Brenda during my junior year. Um, we were married uh, the February after I graduated. Um, and so right after I graduated, I went to our first place of ministry, which was here in the Twin Cities, and served there as worship arts pastor and also did some youth ministry there. So we were there for 11 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we joined a congregation in Wisconsin where you, Taylor, were born. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were in Wisconsin for three and a half years uh, as worship arts pastors. And then we joined a congregation in New York, and we were on Long Island New York for almost 14 years. So that's where you spent most of your growing up time. Um, We were there one year before, we moved there one year before 9-11. So that was a crazy, crazy time to be that close to that crucial point in our nation's history. And um, yeah, so served there uh, again, full-time worship arts pastors for almost 14 years. Um, until God uh, stunningly called us uh, into where we are now with this ministry of Worship is Life. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's crazy just seeing even God's hand through everything you just talked about and where you and our family are now in life and how I never would imagine we'd be sitting in Woodbury, Minnesota recording a podcast even five, six years ago, and it's just cool seeing what God's doing. So um, talk to us about how with that move and what God was calling you to do and now what the Worship is Life ministry looks like. What does that look like now? Yeah, so um, I'll start with uh, the, the story um, partially because it's just so, it's, a, it's, a, it's an example of what the ministry is all about mm-hmm. and I'll unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it was actually Mother's Day morning, 2013, um, I was in our sanctuary, which is, uh, you know, it's a good sized sanctuary, seats 12, 1300 people. Um, and it was 7.30 in the morning. I was the only one in the room getting ready for what was going to be three services that morning. And um, the sanctuary has stairs inside the sanctuary leading up to the balcony. And the balcony area is where all of our tech tech stuff is. And so I was walking up there just to turn stuff on, to get ready for a full day. Mother's Day was was after Easter, probably our second biggest Sunday of the year. And I was halfway up the stairwell, got to the landing of the stairwell, and God stopped me dead in my tracks by interrupting my thoughts with his voice. And I heard him more clear and more specifically than ever in my life with these few words. And it was so clear, it may as well have been audible. And I heard him say, you've done what you can do here. And um, I was just absolutely stunned, in shock, 
Um, one, that I'd heard it so clearly, and two, what he said. And I'm like, okay, Lord, would you like to add a little commentary right. to uh, that comment? Right. Um, and so, man, all that day, all through services, I'm just desperately listening and looking and waiting for some kind of confirmation. And, and every morning that week, I'm just at my set-apart place and time, just begging God to... Uh, unpack, describe, explain that statement. Um, and it was Wednesday morning. I was in my spot at my time, just listening, begging, antennas all the way up, ears wide open. Um, and I heard these words in the same amount of clarity. And he said, I've given you a message for my church concerning worship, and I'm positioning you so that message will have a greater influence. And I was just like, wow. That's crazy. Okay, I have, in one sense, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> right. But on another sense, I've got some direction and some commentary and some clarity. Um, we were still there another eight months. I actually told my pastor the next day, um, and within a couple of weeks, we had told uh, our team and the leadership. Which is a crazy um, timeline. Whenever I tell this story, it's like the fact that we announced it from the pulpit two weeks later. I know. Is kind of the same. I know. And there's some other details I don't need to go into why that happened that were beyond our control. Yeah, right. Um, but we were still on staff there um, for another eight months till they found someone to... Uh, take our role. Um, and then we packed up the trucks and in the middle of February, yes, well, actually at the beginning of February. Mm -hmm. So in the middle of winter, headed from uh, Long Island back to the Twin Cities mm -hmm. um, uh, to be the center point um, for, you know, geographically for this ministry. So uh, we're into our seventh year now. Um, and it's just been an amazing, uh, amazing journey. Um, how I would unpack our, our, our ministry. So our vision statement is to bring the worship is life message to the body of Christ on every continent. Mm -hmm. And our mission statement is, um, is growing God's kingdom through connecting worship to life. Growing God's kingdom through connecting worship to life. And so what I do is I ask a couple of questions to help people understand kind of where I'm going with that. And the questions are this, what is the connection between a worship service and a life of worship? And why does that matter? Mm -hmm. So we all get um, that we go to a service to worship, right. which is absolutely true. Um, but what happens is there's a tendency to put that time in a box, put God in a box and to compartmentalize things. And, and there can be this disconnect between our relationship to God and our relationship to life. Um, and so <clears throat> what I had beginning to, what I was beginning to discover in my, my last years in New York and what has fully um, or further developed is this, idea of what is the connection, what is happening in our services that is intended to happen every moment throughout our days. Mm -hmm. 
And the way I articulate that is the... I hate to use the word discovery, but I guess we all have to discover something for the first time, even though it's been true forever. Um, and that is this relational dynamic and not just a dynamic, but a pattern in which God does relationship. And the story I shared um, about God calling us into this is a great example of that pattern and that pattern of being uh, revelation and response. So God reveals himself to us, which in reality, he's always doing, mm -hmm. then invites us to respond to him. And then God responds to us. And then right. when God responds, anything can happen. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and so that, you know, just like in, the, in my own story, you know, it's it, my, my story that I shared is a pretty dramatic example of that reality. Um, and yet that reality is intended to just be fluid and real, uh, even on the most simple levels and the most basic mm -hmm. levels where God's always revealing himself um, in myriads of ways. Some are consistent um, as he reveals himself as creator. That's always around us and always available for us to see. Matter of fact, Paul says in Romans, we are without excuse because of the revelation of creation. Right, yeah. um, and so this pattern, this recognizing that how this pattern happens in our services, which is pretty simple to see, um, but then it's like, okay, so then how does this relational pattern happen in our everyday life, which is a huge part of what this podcast is about because we're gonna be interviewing people in different walks of life who, um, through my own experience, I've, I, have a, I have observed them living this out mm -hmm. in this particular area of their life. And then just sharing with our listeners, this is what relationship with God looks like in this area of life. This yeah. is how we, this is how God reveals himself in this area of life, how we respond and how God responds to us. Um, and just the whole relational dynamic of relationship with God always translates into relationship with others. That's good. Always, 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 always. If relationship with God is not translating into relationship with others, it's not worship. <clears throat> it's not his description of worship. It's not his, in, uh, it's not how, he, it's not what he would call worship. And the scriptures are so clear on this. You know, we could talk about, you know, where it starts uh, with the Ten Commandments, they're all about how to do relationship with God and how to do relationship with others. The Bible is not a book of rules. It's a story of relationship. Mm -hmm. And Jesus really nails that when he says, answers the question of the two greatest commandments, love God with your whole being and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And he describes your neighbor, you know, as the person you would least be likely to love, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, and to connect with. Um, and he says... The second commandment is like the first. The second command, love your neighbor, is the same as the first, love God with your whole being. So there are two commands that function as one. You cannot love God without loving others, and you can't love others unconditionally for the long haul without the help of God. So these two commands work as one, and I would submit that God calls that worship. Um, and if I could just, uh, you know, just talk a little bit about our language of worship in our current state, you know, many of our <clears throat> denominations, not all, but many of our, 
evangelical Pentecostal denominations um, have connected the word worship so closely to our time of music and singing. And I, and I think most people know that music and singing is worship, but worship is more than that. But our language has formed us again to kind of create a box, create a compartment. Yep. Um, and, and, and I would say that the reason that that has happened is because of this relational dynamic that we're talking about. I would say that singing songs to God, for God, and about God is one of the most effective, impactful ways to enter into God's relational pattern of revelation and response. You, take, sure, the, yeah. you take the power of music, you take the lyrics that are uh, revealing who God is and giving our response to God within our lyrics, um, it just it's just a very natural, beautiful way to enter into God's relational pattern. And we sense his response and it's like, oh, wow, this is like worship. This is experiencing God. And that is all true. But the reality is that is only one way to experience God. It's only one way to enter into his right. relational yeah. pattern. And how do we learn to make that connection? What is our role in the relational dynamic? Um, and I've just, th this reality uh, has, um, has just grown in me and, and, and it's caused me to grow in my understanding of relationship as the purpose of life. I'm a very task-oriented person. People who know me know that. They know I like to get the job done. And because of that, I can over-focus on the task, mm -hmm. on the job. And when that happens, what's happening? I'm over-focused on myself, really, mm -hmm. instead, of, instead of focusing on God and sure. those around me, engaging God and those around me. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, so it's been a huge uh, growing curve for me. Um, and uh, and it's, it, it's become such a, a focal point for me um, that, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think, you know, when God first called me to this, I'm like, okay, here's the job he wants me to do. I'm willing to do it. I've always been willing. Mm, that's a loaded statement. Um, I've, I've been willing. I've been willing to do what God's called me to do. I don't get it 100% right every time, and I don't lay myself down 100% fully every time. But generally, I've been willing to do what God's called me to do, but it's been this journey that has shown me that doing what he's calling me to do has to flow out of engaging in a relationship with him and everybody around me and whoever's around me at, at the time. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit of unpacking worship is life. And so that has taken us all around the world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I serve part-time as the district worship arts director in the Assemblies of God here in the state of Minnesota. So that has been a, a path of influence for this message. Um, and But then traveled around the country, um, giving this message in congregations and at conferences and retreats and colleges and schools traveled around the world. We've been on four of the seven continents. And so Crazy. we're seeing the, we're seeing the vision um, come to be. Um, and just recently um, just been, you know, in, in the midst of this shutdown, the virus, the pandemic, um, we've seen the opportunities through, um, you know, virtual, just like everyone else using our technology. And so I've been, I've been doing sessions in the Philippines and in Pakistan and in India and in Africa. 
Um, and um, so, all yeah, digitally. it's just been all virtually. Yeah, yeah completely crazy. virtually. Yeah, whether we're using Zoom or whether we're using WhatsApp or whether we're using Skype. Um, so, yeah, I was just on the phone with a pastor this morning about uh, possibly being involved in a marriage retreat and the same thing. And I've uh, heard, it's going to be a I've virtual even thing. I've heard you at some points throughout the day, um, you know, preaching into your laptop. And there's somebody on the other end in some country across the world I know, it's in a different wild. time zone translating what you're saying to a group of people because they're in a different situation. Maybe the virus is different there, whatever. And maybe they, you know, maybe they feel um, whether they're able to meet with more people or less, they have more hope less than we do, whatever that looks like. It's been pretty cool to see. So, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really stunning. And like anything else, you know, when, when you're in the moment, it feels like, man, is anything happening yeah, here? Yeah, right. But now being in year seven, looking back, um, what's unfolded, I mean, um, you know, I've written a book by the same title, Worship mm-hmm. is Life. I have a whole video series um, by the same title that's available and that I actually use, um, you know, when I go into these uh, schools and these these Bible colleges and, and teach, a, you know, a theology of worship course. Um, yeah. And and then just the, the places that we've been and, and the... The you know I can see the what's coming to pass when God says I'm positioning you so that the message will have a greater influence and um, mm. um, <clears throat> and when I when I look at at where we are now from from um, our very humble beginning um, mm. it's just it's stunning and, and we're grateful and thankful to be a part of growing God's kingdom. Man, it's so so cool to rehear that whole story. And to be sitting here doing something that we never thought we'd be doing, um, it's just nuts to, to hear the words that the Lord spoke to you, the process, and now to be a part of Worship is Life, be working on this podcast together. And it's crazy. It's seriously crazy. I'm getting excited. And I just want to honor you, Dad, for, man, like I just, I tell this story to people because it's my story, you know, yeah. and, um, and I think about if you just wouldn't have told mom or wouldn't have told us that the Lord spoke to you and pulled you was pulling us out of what was a very comfortable life. I was in a mm. private school at that church and a uh, freshman in high school when I found out that the Lord was speaking to our family. And that's something that you never think is going to happen to you until it happens to you. Yeah. And I remember just that rocked my world and all this different stuff. And I remember saying to God, man, how could it be any better than it is now? Like life is good. I'm getting mm-hmm. ready to be the worship leader at my youth group, all this different stuff. And, uh, and I can't imagine if you, if you would have even, you know, even selfishly just said, no, I want to not do this. I don't want to leave this position. Or if you would have even looked at your family and said, I don't want to hurt my family by Mm, doing this, but mm, you listen to the Lord in that. mm. And I tell people that all the time when I tell the story, like just honor my dad for stepping out in faith because we wouldn't be where we are now. And we're seeing the, the favor and goodness of God in our lives because of that act of faith. So Man, I'm excited. I'm glad that you expounded on a lot of the stuff that you said earlier, because some of those statements, I think, you know, whether people are listening to this right when we release it or years down the road, who knows? Mm. I think some of those statements can be a little bit alarming. You know, things like you said, Mm. um, you know, if we're not loving people well, we're not Mm. worshiping God Mm. or um, worship equals relationship. Some of that stuff um, maybe resonates with a lot of people, but it's maybe in a way they've never heard it before Mm. or it's new information. Maybe we've got new believers listening to this podcast. Mm So I'm just really excited for, um, to continue to hear you unpack the, um, the way that we can do life, which is really the whole purpose of what God is asking us to do, to continue to help people do life, love God and love people. Um, there's so many different ways you could say that, you know, worship is life, love God, love people. Um, it's all, it's all amazing. So I'm excited. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks for, for sharing that. Um, so let's go back to that moment when you were 14 and 15 and going through the process. Um, what, what, let's talk about a little more about what it was like for you and then what you've seen unfold in your own life in the last seven years that is a result of, of that obedience and that move. Yep, man. Um, I, uh, I remember um, just being kind of in disbelief. I remember when you guys, uh, you know, got home on a Friday from school and was like, hey, let's sit down and talk mm. in the living room, which I don't know if we'd ever had that covered. <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever heard you say that before. <laughs> Something you like hear in movies and you're like, wait, what is happening right now? And the, 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 tiny, um, the tiny fear of like, what if we're moving entered my head, but it was like, mm. there's just like no way that could have been the case. Mm. Like, you know, would have never seen that coming. And, uh, and as you were just like really kindly, like explaining how God was speaking to you, which was amazing. And mom was just like bawling on the couch. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, fast forward. I remember going to a friend's youth group that night and like, couldn't tell anybody and was just like, had a really an amazingly blessed, pretty easy life up until that point. Um, um, and, and I remember that just was so surreal to me and was slowly sinking in as like the first big thing that I had to really chew on um, and like really kind of choose to either get mad at God or just trust the mm. Lord with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, what's, and I, what's your response going to yeah, be? Yeah, exactly. Right. To the revelation yeah. of what we just found out. <laughs> yeah. Thanks God for this great revelation that changes my whole life as a freshman in high school. <laughs> yeah. So I remember like without maybe having, being able to put these words to it at that time, um, really just like, um, okay, like, Lord, I want to trust you. But I, you know, I remember being real with the Lord, just like I said earlier, like, how could life get better than this? Like, why would you be messing up what you've done? I don't, I don't, I don't even remember saying, why would you mess up my life? I was like, you've done so much good here and you're doing good and I'm in it and I can see it. Like, Mm. how could you do more good somewhere Mm. else? Mm. And I just tell people, you know, I remember learning so much in that season from, um, from packing our house to telling, you know, FaceTiming my close friends one-on-one before mm. we announced it and mm. the emotions of that mm. and being in the, the van, the truck with you moving <laughs> during the Super Bowl <laughs> that crazy day, the February 1st that we moved mm-hmm. and to, you know, the excitement of a new place and a public high school that I'd never experienced before and all mm. that different stuff. I just remember, um, I learned so much in that season to never put God in a box and it's so silly to say, God, how could, um, how could there be, you know, something better than this? That's mm. such a silly say to, the, if mm. you believe God's the creator of the universe, that's silly to say <laughs> to him. But I just learned like, it's okay to invite the Lord into your emotions and your mm-hmm. pain. And that's something that I still am learning to do to this mm-hmm. day. And mm-hmm. something we'll talk a lot about, I'm sure is life is a journey and we don't learn things overnight a lot of the times. And so, um, I just learned through that, you know, to continue to trust the Lord when it doesn't make sense. Um, and yeah, just be like, you know what, God, I believe you've got my best in mind and I'm trusting you, but also there's moments, um, and hopefully this is encouraging to whoever's listening and whatever you're going through. There's moments where you're going through something really real that, um, nobody, you know, nobody has to look over or justify for you. You can feel those emotions and you can invite God into that instead of like trying to give those emotions to God and get rid of them completely. Um, I'm learning that you can invite the Lord into that and he can be what you need in that and be your father through that whole thing. So I learned a lot about that, um, hmm, yeah. through that wow. season of life. And, um, 
And now, you know, it's, I can't imagine, now I can confidently say, I can't imagine if we would have never left New York right. because my whole life, um, I have so many roots and so many amazing connections, relationships. I was just, you know, we were just in New York last year for a family friend wedding and led worship at my home youth group there and all that amazing stuff. And, um, that's such a huge part of my life. And, um, at the same time, what I see now in life, so much of what I'm doing, the people I'm doing life with are either all over the country or in the Midwest, in the Twin Cities, and pretty much probably none of that would have happened if we wouldn't have left. Right. So it's cool to see that even the faithfulness of God. Like, all right, Lord, I trust you. Not sure how this is going to work. Um, invite you into my pain. And now to see the fruit of it years later. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah, and a few details going back to the beginning of the move that uh, in your life, a couple stories. Um, so again, we're moving February 1, 2, and 3, and Brenda was like, especially like, God, why February? Mm -hmm. I mean, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> I mean, the further we came west, the colder it the got, colder the got. more snow it got. Oh. By the time we got here, it was zero degrees <laughs> and two feet of snow yeah. on the we ground. We had to unload our truck. <laughs> oh my goodness. And yet, and yet in that, a couple things happened, um, uh, you know, unfolded. It's like, oh, that's why. Yeah. You know, like uh, you mentioned going to public school for the first time which was great experience. But mm -hmm. then uh, Minnesota has this program where you can, once you hit a junior, your junior year, you can go to high school and college at the same time mm -hmm. and get free college credits. And, uh, you know, we really wanted Taylor to do that in his senior year, but for his junior year, we're going to give him that option. And what we didn't know is that we had to be residents mm -hmm. of Minnesota for six months, six months before yeah. you could enter that program. And mm -hmm. if we wouldn't have been here in February, there's no way you could have done that program as yeah, a junior right. in high school. And so that's that, not something we even found out until later. Exactly. Like when I was done with PSU, we learned about that rule. <laughs> and I can just imagine us waiting and then trying to do PSEO and me being you know, feeling stuck in another year of high school when I wanted to go to, to some college classes. And being like, oh, you know what I mean? But instead, it just was a detail that the Lord took care of. We didn't even have to think about. And then looking back, we just see the Lord's hand through it. Yeah, so. and the blessing of two years of college for free. Um, I mean, yeah, unbelievable. And you graduating debt-free because of that is just a huge, huge blessing. Yep. Uh, another thing connected with that, uh, Kelsey and Ben were serving as youth pastors here in the Twin Cities mm -hmm. at the time. And they had this huge mission trip planned to Costa Rica, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and you, because we were here early that right. year, you got to be a part of that. Yeah. That was yep. one thing that would have never happened without And what's that. cool is there was, I think, six, five, six or seven different youth groups and youth pastors all on that trip. There's like 50 of us. And, uh, and I'm still, you know, doing ministry and have relationships with a lot of people mm. from that. I mean, mm. I just got re, um, back in touch with a youth pastor from that trip. Um, last month and just led at their um, youth camp experience this summer because um, of that missions trip. And so it's really cool even seeing now what's a part of my life from that first summer of not knowing barely anybody besides, you know, Ben and Kelsey, um, the fruit of even those relationships is pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I want to ask you more about, about, you know, what's, what's developed in your life and in your ministry life. Um, but just staying in with this um, whole worship is life way mm -hmm. of living um, and relationship and how that impacts us. Um, yeah, if, if you're up for it, can you, why don't you speak to being my son mm -hmm. and just 
knowing me for your 22 years. Um, yeah, just what have you seen? Where have you seen me grow or uh, what's the fruit you've seen in my life um, uh, personally as, as, an, as this has unfolded and as mm-hmm. these, even this, these revelations have unfolded in my, in my own life? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's been so cool whether I've been on the road with you or just hearing about your time on the road, um, how this message, you know, something you say a lot is there's nothing new under the sun, mm-hmm. um, which is a scripture verse and how, um, how this message isn't always like people don't always say, I've never heard that before. Um, but they they'll say like, man, somehow I feel like I knew what you were saying, but I'd never heard it put that way before. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. for some reason I knew every scripture you read, but I, it hit me in a different way. And so it's just been cool seeing how, and sometimes there's things that people have actually never heard before too. So it's just cool seeing how all over the world we're seeing that same impact. Like whether it's, um, the, the culture that we're used to in the Twin Cities or going back to our home church in New York or across the world. It's really cool. And so what's cool is that even extends to my life and your life. And I know you already mentioned even just being task oriented and, um, different things in that. And so I, I, I've seen a shift in just your, um, intentions and even working through, um, just the way you do life, the way you communicate with others, the way you prioritize things in your life, the way even you just, um, you know, we've all got nature and nurture and our personalities. And mm-hmm. so the way that you choose to be self-disciplined or work on things that you like or don't like about even your own personality, it's been cool even just seeing like, um, yeah, just you, you continue to grow and stretch yourself in those ways in patience and in love for others and, mm. and generosity and the things that you're doing that maybe we'll get into more overseas through this whole Corona mm-hmm. digital time. It's been really cool. Um, so, and I've seen it even in my own life where, I'm, uh, um, well, first of all, I, you know, I love, I lead worship a lot and I've got a lot of friends that do the same thing. And I, I just had a friend, I think last week, you know, we were, we we're at a camp and we we're picking a worship set and, um, and he was helping me pick some songs and, and he was like, well, if we did this, that could be the revelation. That could be the response. He's like, seriously, your dad taught me that. And it literally <laughs> works. I've seen it work all over the place. So mm. I've seen it work wow, cool. in my friends and ministry lives. I've seen, um, I've had little wake up calls as I'm doing ministry and how, um, oh, that was a revelation and that's a response mm-hmm. or how, um, you know, I've just become more passionate lately about loving on, um, um, the unnoticed, I guess mm-hmm. is a good way yeah. to put it. Whether that's somebody that you notice, like you see, but you don't notice like a security guard at a festival or mm-hmm. the lunch lady or, um, you know, at a camp or the cashier at a um, gas station person wait, waiter at a restaurant stuff like that how those people just like are always serving us and they're paid to be there so we don't always like give them a ton of significance to be mm. honest in our culture mm. and mm. just like choosing to like live a life of worship in those moments um is really eye-opening to me and that honestly is where i feel like i come alive and thrive as a person mm. and in my personality and as a christian the most mm. like just like it's a very real practical way in our culture of people that are literally in front of us under our nose that just don't feel valued or don't get acknowledged very often. And so I've seen my life change um, from listening to your sermon, from following you as you listen to the sermon, different stuff like that, um, which isn't, you know, it's not just a sermon. It's what the Lord has been speaking to you and to us. And so it's been cool. 
It's been very cool. Yeah, you mentioned, um, you know, just noticing the unnoticed and, or, and treating uh, the hired hand as a person. Yeah. Um, share with them what what we do as a family, yeah. uh, what we've learned to do as a family when we're like at a restaurant where we have, where we know we're gonna have a server. Man, this is one of the easiest and hardest things to do, yeah. seriously. Um, when we know we're gonna have a, a server, like a waiter or a waitress, um, we just try to find a time where we can say, hey, we're gonna pray for our food. Is there anything that we can pray for you for? And that's it. And it's very simple. And some of you guys are probably like, oh, that is easy and probably does nothing or whatever. But I'll tell you what, try to do it. It's harder than you think. (laughs) I've been in situations with just our family where I feel insecure and awkward about asking it. Or I've been in situations with ministry people on the road where I feel insecure or awkward about asking it. Or I've been with a group of friends that are out just getting like half Mm. off apps, Mm. um, whether they're Christians and we just did ministry together or they're non-Christians, but it can be a difficult question to ask, but it's so easy. And I feel the spirit, like the more I do it, the more I feel like I should do it because it's such an easy way to live out um, a life of worship. It mm. is so easy to, to do this. And so um, the best, I tell people the best time to do it, if you're going to do it is the, the, the server often brings the food. Hopefully it's the same person that you've been talking to the whole time, right? Because sometimes other people will bring the food, mm-hmm. but they bring the food and then they say, um, is there anything else I can get for you? Or mm-hmm. is everything look good? And I kind of just wait one second. And if nobody has something to request, I just say, actually, we're just about to pray for our food. Is there mm-hmm. anything we can pray for you for? Mm-hmm. And that's like the golden spot because they're mm-hmm. expecting to serve you. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting this revelation in this conversation. <laughs> they're expecting to serve you and we're serving them. And that mm-hmm. is like countercultural which I believe that the kingdom of God is countercultural a lot, uh, especially in our world and Absolutely. everything like that. So, so it's really fun and really quick story. I was just up at uh, Lake Geneva, uh, which is our Assemblies of God Bible Camp, and uh, we were getting food after a camp service a couple weeks ago this summer, and um, and we just I, I'm learning that you don't have to wait for that moment. You can just be like a nice person beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like I know I'm going to ask that. So I don't want to be like a jerk. And then ask that and then not tip well. Like I want to have a good experience as a, a godly person for this person who who knows where they're at in life. Yeah. So we're just talking, asking where this waitress is from. Is me and a bunch of friends were out um, doing ministry and eating together. And so we're just really being nice. And everyone around me was, was a part of the conversation and it was really uplifting. And you could tell she was being impacted by our kindness. Mm. And so then mm. um, so then I you know said, actually, we're going to pray for our food. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And she like started tearing up and mm-hmm. she was like, this mm-hmm. is crazy, actually. She mm-hmm. literally started tearing up and she's like, she was kind of speechless. And then she's like, I can't believe you just asked me that. She's like, I was just in the back talking to another worker about like how I'm, you know, trying to pray every day mm-hmm. and like, you know, just something I need to just do something different and like trying to talk about God, but not sure how to start and stuff like that. And she um, had said how she was telling her boyfriend that she was praying every night, and he thought that was kind of cute, but kind of teasing her about it. And mm. she's like, no, I'm serious. And like, mm. she's trying to live this wow. life, and she's trying to figure it out. And she's not surrounded by an amazing culture and all this stuff. And so she's like, you guys are making, like, I'm going to cry. This is crazy. And so she said, Clarity, would you please pray for Clarity? Mm. So she walked away, and we started praying right away. And then she walked back, and she heard us praying, which is <laughs> awkward sometimes. But we just do it because that's what we said we're going to do. And... And she knew that we did it. And the whole rest of the night, she was just like the the sweetest person ever. She stayed late 
even though the restaurant was supposed to close, she was like, I'm here, like, whatever you guys need, let me yeah. know. And she was just yeah. being super kind to us. Yeah. And then on the way out, we just talked a little bit more and she was like crying again. She was like, thank you so much for this. Yeah. It's exactly what I needed. So man, talk about, um, maybe a, a socially difficult moment to step out in faith. Um, but talk about such an easy, applicable way. I mean, how many times a month, you know, does the average American go out to eat? Yep. And it makes it so easy. Um, I've even started to try to make that happen at a fast food restaurant, which mm. I have a deep passion for fast food, as you know. <laughs> and on the road a lot, eat a lot of fast food. And, and just like whether it's a drive through encouragement or even in person in a restaurant at a fast food restaurant, um, just like, hey, what's your name? And that makes a big difference, too, which is cool. So, Yeah, just like you said, such a it's hard because we're not used to it. Why? Because yeah, we're, we've got God in a box. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, but what's easy about it is that it is a simple way to acknowledge and welcome God into a situation where our norm would not be thinking to do that. And we've done it dozens, if not hundreds of times. And the, I mean, the stories, we could go on and on and on yeah, crazy with stories, stories just like you shared. And it's just, yeah, you know, I have this statement that that God gave me and I have an acrostic within the statement and then we've made it into a logo or a graphic and we've got it on a refrigerator magnet. Mm -hmm. You know, this statement of living in awe of God Mm -hmm. Um, and the awe word, the three letter word awe being uh, A, acknowledge, W, welcome, E, engage. So our part in this relational pattern is engaging in every moment with God by acknowledging him and welcoming him into every moment. It's good. Um, you know, it's just another way of saying, you know, the phrase walking in the spirit or praying without ceasing. Those, those biblical phrases are all phrases describing of us staying engaged with God, staying engaged with God. It's a journey. It's a battle. It's a tension. Um, but it's a reality. It's mysterious but it's it's a reality. Um, yeah, so thanks for sharing that. So um, as we um, wrap up here, just yeah. give us a little more of your current story. Um, so four years at North Central, mm-hmm. music pastor major, and now Taylor Marshall Music is evolving yeah. out of that. So just share a little bit about that. Yeah, totally. So um, I... Uh, I was challenged um, through college to write more. And um, um, I remember you and I thinking back in the day, like, man, to write, how do people still write songs? There's like a billion songs. How do people still write songs? And that's how I felt. And then um, felt uh, challenged and just um, inspired to write because the, the people around me in college were writing and I was just wanting to give it a shot. And um, the first song I ever wrote actually turned into kind of an anthem for um, some of the, you know, for some of my time at college for it it turned into the title track of that North Central University album, which was just like the craziest thing. Another small song I wrote um, ended up placing at Fine Arts Nationals. and 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 I was just like, it was just not so, so not expected. And like, I was almost frustrated. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't even try to do this and like God's using it. And mm-hmm. I just remember him saying like, don't put me in a box. Like I can mm-hmm. use you for this. Like, so pour into this and see what happens. So I just, you know, um, fast forward a little bit, continued to write, was challenged by the people around me. And I remember just um, wanting to release some of that music because I was excited about it. And um, I know I, I had heard of people before writing a lot and never releasing stuff. And I wanted to just 
not do that. I wanted to get it out there um, before I was over it and also to just hopefully be an inspiration to people that have never released music before. And so um, uh, fast forward, I ended up working with um, an amazing producer out in Phoenix and um, just a lot of fun and released my first album in November. And my it's it's a worship album called You're Here. Mm-hmm. It's on Spotify and um, iTunes and everywhere you find music. And it's a 10-song album. And um, it's full of, you know, there's kind of a pop song almost, and then some songs where God sings over us, and then where I sing back to God, some revelation response, mm-hmm. even bookends the album from yep. I'm Here to You're Here, and uh, and some singer-songwriter stuff, and some three corporate worship songs, actually, two in there. Um, so that's been a lot of fun, and I was on staff at an amazing church in St. Paul um, for a couple years out in and out of college, and um, resigned from that position um, in December of, uh, 2019 last year, yeah. last year. Yep. To step out and travel full time. Mm-hmm. I felt, you know, I felt the, the leading and, um, the calling to step out and do that more. So I now, um, travel, uh, full time. So I'm a worship leader and an artist and, um, I lead worship at, you know, for the most part, a different church every Sunday. And it's been just really cool seeing the faithfulness of the Lord in that, um, working with teams, helping them develop on the musical side of things, um, and doing youth retreats, youth camps, conferences, some festivals. Um, you know, I lead uh, a lot and do a lot of music as Taylor Marshall. I also play in a band called Wonder State. And so just between those two um, organizations, you know, filling up my time and um, teach music lessons, do a lot of Zoom lessons right now online. And um, that's a, some really a huge blessing, so, some consistent income. And um, yeah, doing a lot of writing, ended up being able to write a lot through quarantine this last couple months, which is a huge blessing and have some new music on the horizon, mm-hmm. which is exciting, mm-hmm. depending on when this episode comes out mm-hmm. and when people listen, um, as of September 25th, uh, my first single in kind of a new musical direction, which if you're listening to this, I'll let you know is a, a pop song direction, a pop genre direction that I'm heading. Really excited about it. And September 25th, first song will be out. So really excited about that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very exciting. Well, Taylor, my son, I love you. And Mm. um, it's just been such a huge blessing to watch your life unfold and your response to God's revelation to you and seeing how God has responded to you and opened up the doors and spreading the influence. Um, and again, you know, there's probably lots of times in your life where it, it, it seems, it feels small. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet then it's like, oh my goodness, look back and look at this and Seriously? look at this and yeah. look at this and look mm-hmm. at this and oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> wow this yeah. is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, and this is life. This is our journey, staying engaged and connected with God moment by moment, day to day. Right. And then that builds and grows. And that's exactly how Jesus described his kingdom grows. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the second question. Why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Why does this connection matter? It matters because of this is how God grows his kingdom. It's good. He grows his kingdom by his children engaging with him, looking to him, listening to him, and responding to him. And so this mm-hmm. podcast is largely going to be about inter- interviewing individuals um, and talking about how that relational pattern is playing out in those specific arenas of life. And so, so excited about how this can be a blessing to others um, and have people 
hear in a little different way what they know to be true, but it's like, oh, that's how it happens, and here's how I can play my part in that relational dynamic and in growing God's kingdom. If you want to find out more about Worship is Life, you can head over to worshipislife.org for resources, products, and links to connect on social media. To find out more about Taylor Marshall Music, you can head to my website, taylormarshall.org, where you can find access to my music on all listening platforms, links to my social media, and access to merchandise. My name is Todd Marshall, and this is the Worship is Life podcast.